Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off a roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I am Cody. How's it going, Cody? It is going pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think about what... I haven't asked you yet, so you can't think about anything. I was going to ask you, are you excited for this episode? I am, actually. And Yeah, yeah, okay. Audience, I'm going to full disclosure for you, so Cody doesn't have to. He wrote nine pages. I did write nine pages. I I wrote about four. I barely wrote a world, but the world I wrote I actually think is cool and kind of well thought out and interesting, so, eh. I also barely wrote a world, but, you know... This is this is what happens. We'll talk. I'm going to talk about why I barely wrote a world later. But anyways, Cody, what were you? <laughs> well, I was just going to say like this week's a romance world, and it feels weird to like make a world specifically for romance. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I I also do feel bad that I kind of just also didn't exactly write a romance world. I'll oh my god! How do you, you not write a romance world on the ro- okay, Cody? Cody, here's Cody. what happened. Do you no, 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 no. I don't want to hear it. Actually, I do want to hear it. It's kind of an interesting story. <laughs> I was kind of messaging, so I redid what my world was. It was a very different thing at first, and then it changed. So what happened was, I was talking to some friends on Skype, and one of them said, um, there's been like this running joke about one of them being a British spy because she spent any amount of time in Britain. Um, so she said, uh, I can't remember what the context was, but like that I should uh, make up. Oh, it was for NaNoWriMo. She said I should do NaNoWriMo and do a story where her and my wife are uh, British secret agents that go on an adventure. And I said, I don't really like the idea of writing um, a story about my wife having sexy, like James Bond-esque encounters with hot British people. Uh-huh. But then I was like, but the idea of a gender-swapped James Bond is kind of uh, fun. That is, fanta- that is a fantastic idea, actually. Like, um, so then I started writing this story, like, I just started writing, like, this little narration for, or, like, a little backstory for this character that I imagined is, like, the gender swap of James Bond. And then I was like, okay, I like that character now, so that's gonna be what my romance world is about is her and then i was like but setting it in britain that's kind of lame really quick so question i did a different setting does this mean you're doing NaNoWriMo again no lord no never oh, again darn, I was oh my god another book man no because honestly if oh, you did lord. it i would have also tried to do it if we could have compared notes well you wouldn't have wanted to Jordan. because you're secretive about your writing but i would have wanted to compare notes with someone it is such a hole down which you throw your time it takes so long. I, I know any type of writing is, a, because I'm not a good writer, any type of writing is a hole in which I throw my time. It doesn't matter if you are a good writer. It's it takes still... me a lot. Like, my mom told me to do it, and she's like, it doesn't matter if you can write, just write everything down. It's like, yeah, but then I'll read back on it and be like, oh my god. No, you don't read it back. You, do, you don't do that. You just Thank you just keep the going. Lord. <laughs> you just keep, you like, people that get through it, like, a common piece of advice is to turn off your computer monitor. <laughs> Like, just don't look at it at all because Jeez. to get that many words every day you you have to just you just have to slam keep on the keyboard okay yeah yeah, yeah and it's I also see, prep work is helpful like have an outline you know, know how we've already talked about how i do be. stories i know exactly what i'm gonna write before i touch the page well but i mean have that before november <laughs> like yeah be working on your outline now and then in november actually oh, i already have writing. like multiple stories i can do come on cody i have a brain like a steel trap i don't know what that means <laughs> but so so you you did um jamie bond in not britain uh the name is ava king Ooh, i like that name a lot yeah i went for um syllable similarity but not just like a feminine uh, version okay. of james which I, I appreciate actually i really appreciate that um so yeah i kind of for my story for one of the characters i do an accent it's not technically british accent because i can't do it um, and so now we're going to be just, right. we wrote the same story is what I'm saying. I did spies. I did, I did spies. No, you didn't. No, I Please didn't. tell me you didn't. Oh no. I told, I told you what I was doing. You know what I'm doing. Okay. You probably don't well, remember, but I told you what I'm doing. Did you? Yeah. Three times. Twice. Twice. I don't think you did. I'll find out when we get there. Okay. So Jordan, what did we record last week? Whoa, whoa, we're jump. Oh, because nine pages. You just want to jump into the episode. Okay, what if we record? I'm worried that it's going to be three hours long. <laughs> we always record over an hour, man. What did we record last week, 
Cody, come on, man. You can't do No, that I asked me. you. What, what did we record last Oh, my week? God, Cody. We did the episode where we talked about our writing processes. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, We didn't good. do a world. And then so, before Jordan. that, we talked about non-sentient. Oh, sorry. Humans are not sentient. And before right. that, we did the weather world. Do you want to keep trying me? Because I know all of them in order. It wasn't the weather world. It was seasons. Get it right. Seasons, the weather. Mine was a weather machine, and that's why I said the weather world. Well, okay. I'm sorry, Jordan. Do you want me to ask you what you've been watching this week? Have you been watching anything interesting? Um, you know, or reading. We, actually, or if you want to just get to the episode, we can. But um, no, I'm actually, actually curious now. Um, I started reading the manga Doctor Stone, which is really good. Um, it's about so something on Earth happens where everybody turns into stones, and 3,700 years have passed, and finally, this like boy genius scientist wakes up, in like from the being petrified, and he's trying to revive the world and bring back basically bring back society but he's a freaking genius and is like thinking about kick-starting civilization because he pretty much already knows stuff like oh this would have taken them thousands of years to figure out i know exactly how to make gunpowder so boom i can make gunpowder and it's all the science is very accurate in it and it's, it's just really well written and really interesting so far so i'm only like 11 chapters in but it's really good Okay, so this is a little bit weird, but that is kind of the plot of, um, what's it called? Uh, Army of Darkness. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of the plot of Army of Darkness. Kind of, yes. I, I can see what, yeah, but Dr. Stone is really good. I do recommend it. Um, they just started the anime not too long ago. I don't know how far the anime is, but yeah, I'm reading the manga because I don't have time to actually sit down and watch subtitles. I, I understand. Yeah. I get you. Yeah, so I can read, like, the same amount in, like, an hour that is like 10 episodes. <laughs> but anyways, what I, don't, do, hmm? I don't think I've done anything interesting is the problem. Like, um, Oh, and this weekend I'm going to rewatch the original ghost in the shell and then ghost in the shell Two innocence. Oh, wait. Okay. Well, actually that does sound interesting. What's ghost in the shell Two innocence. Is that a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. Uh, I, I haven't, haven't seen it in those. such a very, very long time. So I barely remember what happened, but because of the wizard and bruiser episode, I've been back on the ghost in the shell kick. So, I've really only watched Standalone Complex in the first Dude, movie. Dude, Standalone like, Complex is so good. It is. I it's, really like it's it. It's so good. It's weird to see the other stuff now, because I'm like, it looks different. It like, looks very different. It's not what I'm expecting. Oh, I started playing Minecraft again. Ugh. Yeah. One of my friends was like, hey, I hate Minecraft, but I feel like playing it. <laughs> and he like stole his sister's account, and we've been playing. It's so much fun. I love that explanation, though. So, yeah, he said, hey, I, I hate it, but let's play it. And also, I stole my sister's account. Well, he doesn't want to pay for it, which I understand, because he doesn't like the game. But we've been playing it. We built some minecarts. We've been to the nether. I killed some zombie pigmen. Zombie he pigmen. Fell in a pit of lava with a stack of iron and three diamonds, which is the most classic hey, Minecraft I, thing that can happen. Can I tell you something? What? I don't care about Minecraft. <laughs> Jordan, I don't, I don't know why you're so sad. I, I don't know why you would say that. It's such a good game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never played. I, like, it looks interesting, but it doesn't look like something that I can get into or be good at. And so, it's like, have you ever, have you ever played it? Um, I am not individually personally played it now. You you should you, you should give it a shot sometime. Yeah, but then I have to pay for it, and then if I don't like it, then I just have a game that I pay for. Kind of what happened is, to this a couple. This is how you end up stealing your sister's account. Yeah, I don't have a sister, and my brother's definitely never going to play Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> I should ask like, "Hey, Jason, you want to play Minecraft?" He's like, "What? No." <laughs> it's like, "Okay, thanks, man. Perfect." It's like that's what I thought was going to happen. But yeah, so that's really all. I mean, there's other stuff, but I, we don't need to talk about it. Wow, great radio. Um, anyway, so Cody, <laughs> what is Cody? What is this week's? Uh, this week we are writing Romance World. Yeah, which okay, as you said, like I like straight up, I could not think like I don't think it's possible to write a romance world. Like a romance can happen in any world, so I kind of just formed the story in which this romance happens. And like I built a world behind it as I go along, but mine is more of a story format than usual. I didn't do like different like I did my usual where I like I talk from different people and like do the description. I did, I did my usual like what is that Dracula or is that Frankenstein that does that? 
both. Okay, yeah. Both I, are that. Yeah. yeah they're I, both told through letters and journals. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. I, I, I did the journal in the Cloud Atlas way too, but Cloud Atlas, the book sucks. <laughs> mine, well, well, actually, kind of funnily, the format for mine is also influenced by Cloud Atlas, but I would say that there is actually an interesting world in mine that I think lends itself in some ways to romance. Okay. But. Um, I'll let you decide. It's just very much in the background. I mean, I'll make it more this is one where go. I think we're just not going to call yellow cards on. How about that? Yeah, you know, we're just going to... Just accept the fact that they're both yellow cards, probably yellow cards, and just move on. Like, I'm fine with that. Or, you know what, they're just good worlds, and sometimes you you transcend the, the prompt. <laughs> you just did it right in romance or a world. You you're like you're really pushing it. I'm just saying that prompt. we can just forget about it. And you're trying to I transcend it. No, 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 no. It doesn't it doesn't work like that. I like that way of no, describing no, it. No, it doesn't work like that. Anyways, technically I think I would be the role because I'm I held my action from the last time when it didn't count for um choosing at the end, but you know, whatever. Oh, I think I won anyways. What did you roll, Cody? Well, I'm finding that out right now. Hang on. Keep good radio. On. Good, good. One ex- more second. Excellent radio. I'm leaving this in. I'm picking I up rolled with- a three. Oh, yeah, I definitely won. I rolled a 16. Back hit on me with top. with your best shot, Jordan. Fire I'm excited. How many times have we done the hit me with your best shot thing? It's been at least Probably four. too many. Enough times it's not <laughs> it's funny like, like someone's listening is like, again, really? Stop. Thank you. Or maybe it's like enough times that it's become our thing. I mean... There are a couple of things that have become our thing, and I'm not happy about any of them, so. <laughs> what what things have become our thing? I don't actually know. Oh, no, I was going to say, just, like, the fact that we always rag on each other, or I always interrupt you as you're about to start your world, because I think it's funny. It is still going to be funny every time I stop you from talking. <laughs> it's like, I have this really important thing I want to get to. So, anyways. Yeah, it's great. All right. <laughs> I agree. I understand what you mean. Okay, so my story is called Fellstar, and um, the first character is Olivia Priest, a Cypress scientist and farmer. Now I'm nervous because I'm doing that stupid accent I picked. I Okay, I don't mean this in any way... What? Mean. When you Did you say a Cypress or like Cypress? Cypress. Did I say Cypress wrong? Cypress. I heard... I said Cypress. Cy- I said Cypress. I said Cypress. Is that not how you're supposed to say it? I I don't know. I would say Cypress. And the only the only reason I brought that up is because I legitimately didn't know if she was a magic brain farmer. No. Or if she was mar- like trees. No, no, no. <laughs> Or like reeds. No, Cy- Cypress <laughs> is the um continent. So she is a farmer, a scientist in Cypress and a farmer. Oh, okay. You are. Okay. There's a plant called that. Yeah, there's a Sorry, tree. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. The Cypress tree. I'm okay. just... Apparently, I'm not good at speaking. Thanks, Cody. Wait a minute. Now I'm not going to do the accent because you freaking ruined this freaking podcast for me. I quit. I put my freaking soul in the socket. Guess what, Cody? I bought a new chair because I realized my chair was squeaking too loud for the podcast. So that's why you don't hear me moving around. But you probably hear you. You don't put your heart and soul in this. I do. And then you go ahead and make fun of me for the way I speak. My dialect. I just, my dialect. I just wanted to know if it was go, the tree. Go off, Cody. Or if it was brainwaves. <laughs> it's the tree. Because the country is named after the tree. Because I'm not good at coming up with names for the tree. You know how I figured it out? I looked around my room. And I saw a poster in front of me. And the character of the poster's name is Emily Cypress. So I said... Oh, Cypress, like the tree. No, that's good. That's a good name. I hate you. That's, I'm not saying. No, I, okay. I can't, I can't, I can't do this. Do you, do you want me to no, go I'm first go- now? Shut, like, are you too no. sweaty now? Or? I, of course, I'm, t- I'm always too, dude, I'm always too sweaty. <laughs> like, I'm just a <laughs> gross, grease slick of a man. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to say anything, but you are quite I, I always, it's so gross, I hate it. And I'm wearing, <laughs> like, and I'm wearing pants too, which probably makes it worse. Okay, so anyways. Emily, oh, sorry, wow, wrong name. Olivia Priest, she lives in Cyprus, and she's a scientist and a farmer. Just do, I, do the accent. You really got to, it's like D&D. Yeah, you shut, just gotta sh- shut up, let me go. I live in the countryside of Cyprus, away from the hustle and bustle of the city. I really never got the appeal of living within the castle walls. It has always seemed like a, the place for nobility, and I simply am not nobility. Castle Cypress cuts through the forest of Saul and lies in front of the mountains of Roth. There are settlements all over the continent, 
many people like I are living outside of the castle. Because if we lived, if we all lived within the castle, nothing would ever get done. We are hard workers out here, working to provide for the nobility. The king and queen run Cyprus, but the direct rule and laws fall to the judicial council. The council is made up of the lawmakers, the pious, and the enforcers. The nobility get to live in the city of Cyprus inside their large quarters without a care. Food is made for them, clothes are woven, technology is created, and this is all for them to live comfortable lives. But without them, we wouldn't have jobs, and thus there is a reason even for them to live this way. The nobility get everything they want. Every summer is the summer of love, where there are great balls and festivals to the general public. Go F, Cody. Like we need, we're doing another live show soon, so people can see your stupid looks while I'm talking. I don't know what you're talking about. You make up these looks that I make. I, I every man and every woman out in the country travels into the kingdom with hopes of finding the right noble for them, falling madly in love and being whisked away to the city. But I stay out here, out in the farmlands where I work with my family, with everyone's eyes focused on the nobles, whose eyes would be focused on me. It's simple logic, really. I am one who chooses to focus on the logical, as I am a woman of science. In between working on the farm, I have studied this world through and through. I know that Lake Yashu, to the south of Cyprus city, has a large deposit of iron in its center, which is why lightning strikes down on the water often. Can I ask what? something that's off subject? What is that real? Does that actually happen? It can happen, yeah. Like places near iron tend to like lightning strikes more yeah. often. That's really I cool. Pre- I'm pretty sure. That. I'm pretty sure. I'm also lying to you. Oh well, Dude. I wish it was true because that's freaking cool. Don't Google it, George. We're doing it. <laughs> Google it just to make sure. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. Any, whatever. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, it do- it happens. It happens sometimes. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, anyways, yeah. So, um, yeah, large city of Cyprus. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Lake of Yashu to the south of Cypress City has a large deposit of iron in which at its center is which is why lightning strikes down on the water often. Most members of the council think that this lake is mystic and worship the spirits there, but I know the truth. I know that the bowl, the valley to the west of Cyprus, is is a lower point than the rest of the continent, and that is why fog collects and lingers in the mornings and evenings. It is not a sign of the dead visiting or a portal to the spirit world. I know that the an eclipse is not the gods turning their backs on us, but it is one of our moons blocking the sun. It is a natural occurrence, as all things are in this world. The council fears the waters surrounding the continent of Cyprus, believing that far off in the oceans are magical evils that should be should they be distru- disturbed, could destroy our kingdom. Though I believe that is all a myth, a mere fantasy. The magic they believe in is simply science. Everything in this world is explainable except the stars. Where did they come from, and how were they made? It is my hypothesis that they are at a great distance, even beyond our sun, Ishan. But then, why do some stars move and weave through the night sky in such a way? If they were so far away, why have I noticed their movement? They would have to be traveling at such great distance and speed. The religious believe that these are magics left by the gods, and should a star fall to the earth, they will be granted great power. But as I have proven them wrong on many occasions, I am not quick to believe this. I may ha- have my chance to analyze a star up close. Through a lens I created, I made a scope which I could look out into the heavens. I have noticed the red star coming closer and closer to the planet. It might fall to Cyprus like the legends say. I call it my fell star, and am tracking where it lands. Hopefully, I will be the one to make it that first. Okay, I messed up a lot because of you, but that's my first part. I don't think too much needs to be explained. No, actually, I really liked it because I think that you nailed, like, one really important thing within a romance story, which is, like, a strong character. Yeah. Because as much as, like, in fantasy, sometimes, like, the world kind of lives and dies on if the world that you set up is remotely interesting... I feel like with romance stories frequently, it like really hinges a lot on if you have a fascinating character yeah. to begin with. And if you don't, then there's just really not much of a well, story. Thank you, Cody. So, no, I really liked it. 
I liked it. And I'm sorry I got all weird about the lake and iron. I just think that's really cool. <laughs> like, totally Honestly, one of the I'm like, coolest wait, and most true? terrifying things I've seen, I've actually seen a tree get struck by lightning before. Like, that's I wasn't awesome. up close to it, but, like, in the, I saw the I saw the tree that got struck. I saw the fire start. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's very terrifying. Uh, Nature's scary, bro. All right, so you, you, you ready for my things? Yeah, I won't interrupt you this time. I don't believe you. <laughs> I was waiting for the moment you opened your mouth just to start saying stuff. Helios Station, New Bath, The Department. Interview with Agent Ava. God. <laughs> what? Just, we wrote in the same style. Uh, kind yeah. of. Yeah. The purpose of this interview is simple. For now, all we are really trying to establish is your version of what happened. My version? What a joke. Well, let me start from the beginning. You want my version of the truth. Well, here it is. I was a rookie, and rookies make mistakes. So before you pass... This yes. setting reminds me of Atomic Blonde. Uh... You're not okay. wrong. You're not wrong? Go on. You're close. I, I really like <laughs> Atomic Blonde, so that is not an insult. Okay, this is off subject. Sorry, podcast audience. I tried to watch it. I wanted to like it. I couldn't get through it. I got so bored, but I think I just need to watch it with a different mindset. Yeah, I think you do. Because that's one that I want to come back to. I, I, I enjoyed it. The, it. the plot does get a little sloggy at times, but it, it's good. Anyway, sorry. I'm okay. so sorry. I was a rookie. Rookies make mistakes. So before you pass judgment, as I said, at this stage, I am here only to record your version of, yeah, yeah, all right. All right. I was fresh out of the academy. My education was in closed system supply chain management. I know. Boring. So. After I graduated, I went into the Intelligence Academy. And, to my shock, all of my aptitude tests put me in the field. I thought on my feet well. I was fit. I had good personal skills. So yeah, when I graduated a shining star, I was dumped into the field. As an expeditionary analy- uh, analyst. Sorry. Yeah, I can I, there, there are words of this that I'm like, they're normal words that I'm going to just get stuck on them. Do you know what that means, by the way? It means that you would be stationed, not at home, but in a neighboring city as an undercover agent that was meant to analyze data gathered by specialized teams of surveillance. It means I worked in an office in Neo-Lorien instead of an office in New Bath. (laughs) Anyway, I spent most of my time analyzing data brought to me by Oliver. Basically just listening through hour after hour of dull nothing. But, well, me and Oliver did hit it off. Being honest, I was new, and he was clever, and cute, and he made me laugh. We became friends. Were you more than friends? At that time, no. But we were close. I respected him, you know? He never saw the people we spied on as evil or fools. After you watch the the Lorian people enough, you realize 99% of them are just like us. Oliver always said spying was just loving the enemy. Did you suspect treason at this time? Oh, no. Oliver was inappropriate and maybe informal, but he was loyal to his city. So, here is the juicy bit and the bit that kind of made me famous. We suspected drugs were being run from New Lorien into Bath. The raw goods were grown in New Lorien and then refined here in the city. We were, ta- we were tailing a cartel and we were close to a bust. It was big, with political ramifications. Anyway... So one night, Oliver asks me to come with him on surveillance. He says it'll be boring, just watching a warehouse for a trolley with a certain RF, uh, for a certain, watching a warehouse and waiting for a trolley with a certain ID, RFID to drive by. If it does, boom, huge leap in the case. He says he wants me to come and just get my feet wet. If I'm being honest, yes, I did hope this was an excuse for him to just get some time to spend alone with me. I was hinting that I was looking for something more, and we were alone out there, and it's not like I could just go out and make friends. So would you say at this time you were more than friends? Well, I would say after the first few hours of nothing driving by, yeah, we were more than friends. I don't know if 
he asked me to come out with him because we were both looking for a private place to hook up, oh or if he really did just want me to get field experience. <laughs> oh, if you know what I mean by field experience, <laughs> we're doing it out of the fields, guys. <laughs> anyway, we were sitting on a couch taking turns staring out a window with, a, with binoculars when our equipment pinged, and we saw it. The right trolley with the right RFID tag rolling right up to the warehouse. We were both excited. I jumped up and gave him a hug, and we kissed. I was so excited. This was my first successful mission, and I was in love. Like, big, stupid, heart-racing love, and the car just sat there for way too long. And no one got out. Then it happened. Right as we both started to get that itch that meant something was going wrong, the door behind us exploded. Long story short, he died. Oh. I didn't. What? I got shot up, but I walked out. You were wounded quite severely. Yeah! But I still managed to finish the case, and I got promoted. Earned my stripes. I had served and had neutralized many threats while under fire. I had kept my nerve enough to see the assignment through. And in the end, this is how you became the youngest lead agent at the impressive age of 23. Yep. People kept telling me how lucky I was, but all I ever saw was Oliver dead, and me wishing I had told him that I loved him. Okay, well, why do you look Yeah, for- that's the end of Okay, that's, that's the end of the end of that section. section. Okay, first, as always, I'm going to make fun of you for literally just writing a story. At least I described, um, oh, okay. at least I described exp- my world. You just wrote a story. Do you want me to explain Also, you, you killed off the, the love world? interest in the very first second, unless he comes back as a double agent. Oh my god, is he coming back as a double agent? No, I don't want to know anything. We don't need to talk about our worlds on the podcast called World Shop. No, explain. Okay, well, I'll I'll (laughs) explain. Oh, okay. So, um, Helios Station is a permanent residency space station that is orbiting a sun. There are two cities that are kind of conjoined, um, but they were originally settled by two different countries. So, New Bath was originally a British settlement, and... Uh, Neo-Lorien is a French settlement that both were put in at the same time. Both of these cities kind of need each other to survive. So each one of them specializes in its own industry, has its own exports, and are responsible for managing different parts of the station. And this station is massive, like big enough that they sustain their own life. Um, But it is like an artificial place. So like when she said that she's a closed system supply management... That is managing the supply of food and goods and waste within a closed system because it's much smaller than a planet. Um, But after many generations of people living here, the station has descended into a cold war of espionage. So all out war would mean extinction for this station and everyone knows it. But people from New Bath don't trust people from Neolorien and people from Neolorien do not trust people from New Bath. So instead of going to all out war, they just sit in this grudge match forever, like spying on each other and infiltrating and trying to get one up on each other. Um, And this has just gone on forever to the point where the intelligence industry is very lucrative and very large, which is how you end up with Agent Ava King. Interesting. But you killed off the love interest in the first chapter. He's coming back as a double agent. Or she's just going to be someone else. Dun, dun, dun. Or that's your whole point of this not being a love romance story because the love interest is dead and she'll never love again. Or she'll become like James Bond and just sleeps with every man. Oh my god. This is supposed to be how she ends up being kind of... I don't know what the... A manonizer... She's not a womanizer, you know what I mean? Yeah, but she's it, the equivalent of a womanizer for I don't men, know. I don't know what the word for that is. There should be, Here, but I don't know what it is. While I Sorry. Talk. <laughs> My point is, this is how she has her James Bond ah. background, is that when she was very young, she became a renowned agent for finishing this assignment by herself after someone that she loved was killed. And now after that, she has trouble having lasting relationships because of that like previous thing so she's just kind of yeah i don't think you wrote a romance novel dude just wait okay. it gets there it gets anyways there. here's my quote-unquote flora and fauna as we find out flora and fauna doesn't mean anything anymore which is also another bit that we do is this flora and fauna doesn't mean anything 
And I think at our live show where we did Cartoon Worlds, I literally just said, screw the trees. <laughs> so, anyways. Flora Fauna, coming from Olivia Priest again. My fell star landed in Cypress with a bang, leaving a massive crater in what the pious call the Cursed Forest of Crean. I, of course, knew where it would land and was there when it fell. I would not let anyone take this from me. But when I made it to the crash site, it wasn't a bright and shining star that I found, but instead the wreckage of some otherworldly craft, and at its center was a woman. She was absolutely beautiful. She had skin of crimson, thick black hair that fell past her shoulders, small horns that protruded from her forehead, and bright yellow eyes. The thing that truly intrigued me was her tail. But of course, she awoken with a great fright and threatened to remove my head from my shoulders should I approach her. After an hour of a stiff standstill, yelling back and forth, she finally conceded and let me speak. I explained that the situation could be dire. Everyone in Cyprus had to have seen the that had to have seen a star fall from the heavens and would be on their way to the forest. We needed to move. It was no doubt in my mind that the church would deem her some kind of dark evil based solely off her appearance. She fit their description of the dark ones, the evil that comes to take the souls of man away. These are all legends, of course, as no one has actually seen a dark one. But the pious had done this before, calling any reptile or horned creature a being of evil. They have also personified any plant with thorns as being wicked. Anything that they don't understand has been called cursed and must be wiped from their beautiful kingdom of Cypress. With her red skin and yellow eyes, I knew that they would capture her and claim that this is the form of the Dark One. This innocent creature would be executed for religious prosperity. I couldn't let them do that to her. With that, she destroyed her ship, took what she needed, and we ran away together. No clue what path we would take, but the one thing I did know is that I needed to protect my Felstar. This next part comes from High Counselor Lexelios. We all saw it. A star fell in that cursed thorned lace forest. Maybe that place is not unholy as we previously thought. We, the council, ordered the people to go find the landing site of this star and bring it back for the king. Whatever form it may take, through God's holy power, it belongs to the king as a symbol of righteousness throughout Cyprus. He will present the star to his queen during the summer of love as a symbol of love and prosperity through the land. Why do you laugh every time I say summer of love? Because it really sounds like a 60s hippie orgy. It's it's supposed to be like the <laughs> festival to promote like love and people are going into the town. Like that's the big thing. They go into the town to no, find love. I, it's I get it. not supposed to be like hippie sex orgy where I'm they're smoking tons of No, it's supposed to just be like it's supposed to be floofy doofy in like one of those midsummer festivals, but it's not supposed to be like I mean, yeah, sure, whatever. It's a hippie festival. I get what you're going for. It's just every time you say it, what immediately pops into my head is like dirty fucking And the gotta eat it. Yeah. Well, no, that's a little bit too late, actually. I mean, but yeah. Anyways. The nobles and the peasants will love this symbol, and peace will remain through the land. Though, I have heard reports that that wretched heretic woman has been sighted in the area with some otherworldly beast. They must be planning to steal the king's star in order to further corrupt the minds of the people by saying that God's great power is only a natural, worldly occurrence. And that is my flora and fauna. I, I like your flora and fauna. I do actually think you have Thank good you. world building here. So I'm not I'm not gonna yeah, call yeah. you on your world. Building, I mean, you know? like that's yeah. I mean, it's all written that I really for some of these I don't need to explain because I feel like that takes away from everything I just said. The context is better. It's better to get it through context. I think we're being intentional about creating yeah. interesting settings. Anyways, I'm gonna use that oh. as my excuse. <laughs> all right. This was several years ago, and the background is surely fascinating. But most importantly, we're interested in yeah yeah yeah. The Mystery of the Dead Missing Fish. The first time I met Sean, I am not going to lie, I thought two things. First, well, how smart could I expect a fisherman to be? And second, I did not know how good a fisherman could look. 
I fail to see how you said you wanted my version of the truth. This is my version. Please continue. So yeah, Sean was a sweetheart. Now I have something in my eyes. Between the accent and the, well, everything else, he was a joy to be around. I was chasing a minor piece of intelligence. Basically, this was a vacation. I had been in Neo Lorien so long, when I finally came back cityside, they gave me a cakewalk of an assignment. Go to the beach, lay out in the sun, work on my tan while I investigate why some fish have been dying. Did you know that without the fish production from New Bath, both cities would likely starve? And that fish and fish byproducts are one of our most critical and often overlooked exports? No, I didn't know that. I cannot say that I did. Yeah, well, me neither. Until I met Sean. I was slacking. I'll admit it. I had gone down to the coast and, oh my gosh, my eye. I'm so sorry. It's like on fire. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> don't, don't like just run that into your story because it sounded like that was part of your story until I looked up and saw you actually rubbing your I'm eye. Li- I'm literally weeping. I'm literally I know weeping. My, I, I, I know, man. We all get emotional about these love stories. All right. Love is beautiful. This The problem is this is not the right time to cry. That oh, you're gonna, are you going to pull so. a hold in Alexi and make me cry? Okay, good. I don't think so. You'll you'll see. I actually like how the story ends, so okay. I don't want to like Go spoil ahead. it. I had just gone down to the coast. The domes were open, and the light from Helios Prime was pouring in. I had bought a new swimsuit and was planning on doing little more than general surveillance and establishing a presence in the beach community. Well, right in the middle of this very important task, Sean sits right next to me, but he was facing the other way. He was wearing giant sunglasses and a huge hat. And this is what he drawled at me. I kid you not. If you're here about the fishy incident, blink twice and I'll meet you by the, the, snack, sh- the snack shack in 20 minutes. <laughs> That's really good. Go on. To which I responded, Ava King, nice to meet you. And this might have been a little much, but I had been in New Lori- in Neo Lorien for so long, I kissed both of his cheeks. Can you wait till this evening to tell me about the dead fish? That was mean, but watching him blush and stammer as he told me the place to meet and wandered off kind of made it worth it too. So you would acknowledge that you were not treating this case seriously. And do you think your flirtations affected your performance in the mission? Mission? At this point, I was still on vacation. <laughs> I'm not kidding. My boss told me not to work too hard and enjoy some downtime. No one knew that that we were actually dealing with something real, except Sean. I feel bad about how I jumped it, judged him right off the bat. That evening when I met him, it was like I was talking to a different person. I used to be an, a- an analyst, remember? So I knew that I knew a job well done. Sean was meticulous, which is important, but he was also intuitive. He had tracked massive schools of fish that were all dying. And some were floating to the top, but more were vanishing. He had talked with fishermen that were have that were having to work harder and harder to find a place to fish. He had tracked predators, he had sampled water, and he could not find a cause. It was brilliant work. But after all of that, I was still not convinced. He had told me he could take me out on his boat and show me what he was talking about. That night, I still just thought it'd be a nice excuse for a boat ride. And that is the end of section two. Well, the end of the story part of section two. So, whoa, there she goes. The way this sw- look out, boy, she'll chew you up. Whoa, there she goes. <laughs> She's a man eater. Oh, a little bit. So, um, <laughs> yeah. food is really important, and um, both cities have their own trades. So, like when I mentioned before that in the case, she the first case she was working in Neo Lorien, raw ingredients were being grown and then processed to a drug in New Bath. So my idea is that Neo Lorien is a little bit more agrarian. So there's like farmland. Of course, you put agrarian into your love story. I did, but that's not where it's set. It's mostly set in New Bath. Um, But Neo Bath relies on fishing for a lot of its food, and the two cities have to trade with each other, even if there's like animosity between them. So all of the fish going missing suddenly is a big deal. It's like the, what most people eat for protein is fish. And they're just like dying and disappearing unexplained. And most people be like, whatever it's fish who cares. But, um, in this world, the production of agriculture is super important because it's so small in such a closed system. So that's kind of what this is supposed to indicate is like how 
tight all of these tolerances are on stuff like this is that in this world everyone's fed but there's an effort that goes into making sure everyone is fed okay cool cool have you ever seen the Liam Neeson movie Unknown? Okay, I have not. I'll talk about the. No, is it not. good? Because I accidentally made. No, unknown? no, you didn't. You didn't make Unknown, but like that was one, like the major plot point, like the whole thing that everybody's going. It was corn. It was corn. They were assassinating people because of corn. Oh. Oh, did you, did you like the thing though with um, yeah, I mean, twice? I really did like that. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yes, big twice. <laughs> Talk about something that's fishy, and I like the voice you did for that too. That like, I applaud you on all of that. Anyways, this is my society history. Um, this first part comes from the Felstar, Selenios Gianni Operanatian Costa Fruata, or Selena for short. Very I just threw in like the longest names I could figure out of like, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this on the show. I did okay. <laughs> Costa Furata. There we go. Okay, anyways. I was born in the stars, never knowing a planet as my true home. We were the people of Uthis, a conquering fleet of warriors. Our goal was to travel from planet to planet and assert our dominance, showing us as the strongest species. Why are you laughing at me this time, Goody? <laughs> Wait, are the religious nuts just right? Can I speak, please? Can, can, I, can I see? No, no, no. no. I'm just, I just curious. Am I allowed to speak on my show? I have to protect this fallen angel. And she's like, I must kill. Anyways, I was pretty much trained from Anyways. birth to fight, to kill, to destroy, and to conquer. My people considered me one of the elites till I began to question, what was the point? We were only destroying to destroy. We were not helping anything, not gaining anything, just fighting to fight. I was disgraced. A warrior who did not believe in waging war unless there was a purpose was useless in their eyes. My people cast me out without hesitation, even though I was a high-ranking officer. Don't sigh at me. Don't you dare sigh at me. That really wasn't oh. at you. I was just I, I was like, I, I told you I'm always ready to fight, especially when I'm talking about a soldier who's I know. always ready. You're just, you're, just, you're just on edge. Oh, yeah, me. totally. Oh, everyone I knew turned their back on me, so I left. Traveled as far away as I could until my ship malfunctioned and was taken in by a gravity well, forcing me to crash land upon a small planet that my systems called Arlon. I had nowhere to go, so when I saw that tiny spectacled woman screaming at me, I thought I could bring her head to my people as a peace offering. Reunited with my people, we would conquer this planet and everything would be alright again. But then again, what was the point? They abandoned me. I would only be returning to a life I did not want. I had never been on a planet just to explore and enjoy the wonders that existed. And as I found out later, that spectacled woman, Olivia, had never traveled around her own world. So I left with her. She warned me that her kingdom would try to kill me, thinking I was a monster. But I wasn't too worried. After all, I was a monster and could easily dispatch any enemy on this planet. Traveling together, I have learned many stories about how this world works and where things come from. Olivia calls it science. As I have only ever been a warrior, this science intrigues me, the same as my stories of stars and wars intrigue her. I have never met a person who, without knowing a thing about me, cared so deeply about my well-being. She wants to protect me, even though I don't need protecting, and in turn, I want to protect her as well. I want to teach her things. I want to learn with her, laugh, and enjoy this planet with her. She is different from anything I have ever known. I don't know what this feeling is, but despite being disgraced, I am glad I left my people and ended up on this planet. The second part, before you laugh at me more, is from Lord Bennington, head of the Soul Church of Cyprus. That woman, that cursed heretic, has stolen our star and used its mighty power to summon the Dark One, Astaroth, the Devourer of Souls. Does she think us foolish? When we came to the crash site, all we found were ashen metals. Nothing was salvageable, as she had already used the star's great power. We have seen the power of the fallen stars before. Every few decades, a star falls, and we salvage its holy power to create an heirloom for the king. The holy swords of Braxis, the jewel of Ellis, and the throne of King Habender are a few of the relics that give the king his perceived holy power. This star fell during the summer and was to be formed into a crown that would promote peace and love through the land. 
but that woman, that heretic woman, stole from us to promote her wickedness. We must find her and destroy the star. Or this could be the end of the world as we know it. The false god has been given life. And that is my third section. I, um... I do kind of enjoy the idea that they're like a little bit right. A, ti- a tiny like, bit. Not totally, but they're also not totally wrong. <laughs> Where they're like, oh, she's just like this precious, just innocent creature. And they're like, I'm pretty sure she's a demon. And I'm, she's just like, a, a little bit. And that's what I wanted to do. I wouldn't have that, ju- like, a romance, but just like the Star Cross lovers. I wanted to literally, like I said in the last episode, literally make Star Cross oh, lovers. But I yeah. also wanted, like, opposite yeah. to track so this woman who's a woman of science and then someone who's just a straight up warrior who could fell a hundred enemies at once like that's the kind of juxtaposition i wanted to do and i'm very excited about it i actually really like this world and story i created no i i i actually like that i i think that whoa, was a solid she goes. solid world look out boy she'll chew you up whoa she goes she's a demon oh all right you ready for uh section three no <laughs> perfect <laughs> I would like to know how Sean ended up in Neo-Lorien. I don't know, because years later I'm still making the same stupid mistakes, I guess. Could you- Yeah, 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 yeah. The longer I stayed, the more I realized that I could not just pack up and leave. Each time I reported back to the department, they were certain I just wanted a longer vacation on the department's money. And your feelings for Sean had nothing to do with your decision to stay? No, I mean he was right. The more time I spent with him on the water, the more I saw what he meant. When I say a school of fish, I mean hundreds would go missing. We live in a closed system. Fish cannot migrate, and that's meals. That's hundreds of meals gone. If they had vanished, someone was making them disappear. So I stayed, and I started to investigate. So, here is my first mistake. It took me way too long to get serious. I was not secretive about who I was or what I was doing. The locals knew all the fish were getting harder to catch, so I made it clear that I was with the department and that I was here to help. I wanted people to feel safe, and it felt good, you know, to be honest about who I was and what I was doing. I'd just been lying for so long. And you do not think that your feelings for- What, Sean? No, he was cute, but that doesn't mean I was stupid. I had no reason to be on my guard until we started doing night surveillance. And you brought Sean with you. Well, since I was using his boat and his equipment to track the fish, yes. And being honest, the company was nice. And being honest, I could have rented a boat. But yeah, it was more pleasant to spend time with a friend. That was my second mistake. A few nights after we started night surveillance, we heard another boat. When the dome is closed, the water is usually totally silent. So it was easy to track the other vessel. We kept our lights off and we used a quiet mo- we used a quiet motor to follow at a distance. Did you suspect danger? No, I suspected teenagers. Sean and I both know how to dive, so we stopped a good way away and swam up to the boat. It was pretty big. I told Sean, "Stay in the water, keep to the darkness and lie low." I crept on board the ship. As soon as I got on board, it was clear this was no fishing vessel. Way too much tech, way too clean. It looked military. And, well, a lot of documents were written in French. My heart dropped. This was from Neo... This was a Neo-Lorian operation. And we were in danger. The only thing I did right that whole night was to plant a tracker on the boat. And then I made my final mistake. Which was... I heard a familiar voice. Oliver. At first it was just a voice... But from the shadows, I could see his face. Not a prisoner. He was dressed as a spi- he was dressed as a fisherman, speaking French to a bunch of other fake fishermen, also Told speaking you. French. I don't know how. I don't know how he had done it, and I don't know why. All I saw was red. He might not have died that night. We were watching the warehouse, but he was gonna die tonight. The last thing I saw before I was knocked out was Sean flopping on the boat, trying to rush in and save me. He was an idiot. That is the end of section three. Want to throw out that, I mean, of course Oliver was a double agent. I saw that coming. I actually, I said that in the very first part. I just want to throw that out there. Just want to throw that out there. I know how these stories work. (laughs) Well, I said this was, 
I said this was roughly like. Oh my a god, it's Casino Royale. Spot, oh my so. lord. But no. Oh, Gold, Gold, Goldeneye? Well, okay. Where Sean oh, Bean? God. Ugh. Where he dies right at the beginning? Yeah. He, Wait, so it's not six. Skyfall. He's like senior agent. He... So it's not Skyfall. Huh? Or Spectre. No. Or any of the Daniel no. Craig ones, which are the only ones I know off the top of my head other than Goldenfinger. Or... Wait, yeah, because Ava Green is a double agent in Goldfinger, I... right? Or in, in yeah. Casino Royale. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, actually, yeah, so Yeah, that's it's why I threw like that one that. out yeah. there first, because she was the double agent in the Casino Royale. Except it would be if she died at the beginning. She died, like, halfway And through. was also an agent. Yeah. And then I think actually dies. Um, <laughs> okay, anyways, this is my society current, my very last part. See, this episode wasn't too long. This is short. It's going to be shorter than a lot of our other ones. So, anyways, this first part comes from Olivia Priest. Those those fools from Cyprus still try to pursue us, even though I travel with a seven-foot-tall red woman who has single-handedly wiped out armies in the stars. Our travels have been filled with adventure and humor. Selena once threw a horse at, a, at our pursuers. I was, of course, concerned about the horse and the two men it landed on, but it was a spectacular sight nonetheless. She has taught me plenty about the stars, and I have taught her about this world's science. There is so much more that I don't even understand, but I have been recording all of my findings in a series of volumes. I leave these volumes in villages along our travels to people who, like me, are curious about how this world works. The Council of Cypress condemns this, saying that I am a wicked woman who is trying to corrupt the minds of the people and turn them away from the gods. Selena reassures me that spreading knowledge is the right thing to do, and she encourages me to keep traveling with her. The world is curious and no longer wanting to simply accept what Cypress gives them. Together with Selena, I have discovered many things about this world and this continent that I didn't know were possible. Shimmering rivers, animals that the church tried to eradicate, bioluminescent plants, hot springs, and so much more. This world has so much more to offer than what the kingdom of Cypress lets on, and with that, I think it is time to leave Cypress. Together, Selena and I will commandeer a boat and travel off of this continent. There are those fishermen who travel out to sea, but they always come back as there are laws in place to keep people from leaving. The kingdom of Cypress was only interested in fortifying what they had, so they never explored any further. And thus, it is our job to find what other wonders this world holds. Together with Selena, I will discover the wonders that I have been missing all my life. This is all thanks to my Felstar. And this last part comes from Nottington Wesper, head of the Kingdom's Knights. We have gotten reports that the heretic woman and the red demon are planning to leave Cyprus for good. I want to pursue them, but the king says that they will be undoubtedly swallowed by the horrors that exist outside of Cyprus. I believe his word, but my only worry is that they will find other con another country and bring back some unholy army to wipe us all out. She... She challenged me, saying that our king and council only fear what we don't understand. She believes that fear of the unknown is why our armies never travel outside the continent. But I believe our king when he says that there is only evil waiting on the outside. My true fear is that heretic woman will bring about the end. But I must follow my king's orders. So we will stay here in our fortified country where things are peaceful and calm, never to leave. We must protect our world so the noble can, so the noble rule can strive. Those who read the cursed tomes that women create must be exiled. To believe in science is to curse, is to curse our gods. This voice is very hard to do. <laughs> I, I like it. I, I like miss the, the days when our summers were all about love and peace. But with time, we can easily return to that. Screw you, Cody. We must squash this stupid idea of science so our summers will continue and we can move on, closed off in our own little world, safe from the dangers outside. And that is my last part. No, I actually really like that. I, I like your world a lot. I think that was a solid, a solid romance Thank you. world. That means a lot because I've never written specifically a romance. <laughs> no, I, th I think it was good. I liked that the... Um, 
the characters weren't just like stereotypes, you know, which is I feel like kind I don't know if it's just me, but I feel, but like, I feel like they kind of were. Well, no, like having the one of the love interests like actually be kind of a scary monster <laughs> actually, like not not really ambiguously like yeah, she tossed you know, a horse at like, two people. Well, and also like considered murdering someone because that's kind of like yeah, what it's she like does, okay, you know? I take off her head and bring it back to the stars, and my people will forgive me. Like yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just I didn't want. So I wrote this. I didn't want it to just be like oh, a woman falls head over heels for a man, or a guy tries his hardest to pursue a woman who's not really that interested because that's like what the usual romance novels or usual like rom coms type of stuff is and i'm just i'm bored of that so i want to do different so i just made two characters that like make sense in my usual worlds but i just made them fall in love yeah no i i like it i i i i enjoyed it also i i like the idea that they're all like oh the season of love and it's actually like kind of a bad thing that's also a different way of looking at it which i think is interesting. it's really just so the nobles can stay on top and then their whole their whole world view is just that everything that matters is within Cyprus and everything that the king deems evil is evil. And that's how life should be. And that's, and it's, it's a very closed minded thing. And I also liked writing that perspective of like not believing in science and like trying to spread and promote science against like the usual yeah. things like, Oh yeah, we think this lake is holy because lightning strikes here often. No, actually it's just because this iron deposit. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready for uh, last section? Yes. Why didn't you call it in? You had bent some rules, but being a little over-friendly with an informant does not get you landed with possible treason charges. I woke up underwater with a cinder block tied to my leg. But you escaped? Well, yeah, I mean, kind of. When I got to the surface, Oliver was gone, Sean was gone, it was my fault, and I'd be damned if I was gonna let Oliver hurt him. It was all because of me, so I had to go after him. I knew it was wrong, but I was good at getting between the cities. So I made my way to shore, and I found out where the boat was heading. No surprise, it was heading towards Neolorien, so I took off. I still had some smuggler friends. They got me some fake papers, and I figured that if they had not just killed Sean, he must be worth something to them. At this point, you were far past due for a call-in. You had essentially gone rogue. Yeah, that's true. But you would be shocked at how much forgiveness you can expect when you come back home with results. Do you believe that you came home with results? Well, I guess that's for the department to decide. I followed the tracking signal, and it led me to a lake in the agricultural area of Neolorien. Before I headed out of the city, I armed up. I knew some rough fellows that could set a lady up with some equipment not standard to this space station, let's say. I was ready for war. Your official report says you single-handedly assaulted the base, the base of operations of a splinter organization. You, on your own, neutralized several hostile combatants and rescued Dr. Walsh. You then returned with, the ev- with evidence that exonerated Neolori- the Neolorian government and claimed that Oliver had defected and was killed in the firefight. I don't hear a question. Oliver's body was never found. The lakeside lakeside facility shows little indication of a firefight. Yeah, I was careful. How would you describe the the political climate after the mass extinction of our fish livestock? I don't know. I would say that I'm enjoying eating steak for a change. (laughs) Perfect answer. How would you describe your relationship with Dr. Walsh? What, Sean? After After the night I rescued him, more than friends. And this time I made sure to tell him. And how would you describe your feelings towards Oliver? Being a spy means loving the enemy. And that's the end. Okay, first off, I would totally watch this movie or read this book or whatever form it existed. So here's why I would say I made a world in which oh, a romance no, I, is I meant think, to take I think place. you did fine. Like, I'm not disputing this. This, this would be like mm-hmm. book one, and then the later ones are... Mm-hmm. About the relationship between Oliver Sean. This is and, a. I mean, it's um, a romance series. Ava. You made a good romance series, and plus, there's like, I, I would yeah. watch. This is a very James Bondy movie. I would watch this movie because, like, the last section of this, she's, and I mean, this is kind of obvious, but like, explaining my thought process, this last well, section yeah. is a lot. No, really. Um, 
she found out what like her and Sean found out why they were doing this and had to cover it up. But she also wants to continue working for the department. So now she like has this lie that ties her to Oliver, but is currently in a relationship with Sean, but she respects what Oliver was doing. But you know, so then yeah, no, this is very atomic blonde, you know, but without, well, atomic blonde didn't yeah. have romance, but this, yeah, this is very atomic. Atomic bond. Does. It kind of has done. the thing of I solved it. Solved it. I want. I wanted it to be a little bit like sleeping with the enemy, where she's like kind of still in love with Oliver, who is technically like. Kenny, you should have just stopped talking when like, I said atomic bond. Come on. Hey man. Yes, can we talk about go, how good my last line good. was though? I set it up in the first section and yeah. then repeated it later. Oh shoot, you did. It was clever. <laughs> I just did realized. Did you not realize that? She said Oliver always said being yeah. a spy meant loving the oh, enemy. Geez. And she I didn't said, realize I didn't realize you, that until now. Crap. You you do a really good job at that bringing it back around. I mean, I've done it occasionally, but you've done that like on oh, you did the sleeping with the hero thing recently. You've done it a lot yeah, recently that, that, that I remember. Repetition. So yeah, good job, Cody. I'm proud of you. Oh, and then then the point of this was that what happened was the most of the fish are now dead that New Bath was relying on, so they now have to work with New Lorien, Neo Lorien, much more closely to get food for the city. So it's forcing them to work together because of a crisis, and that was what the goal. That was what Oliver's goal was: is that he, after working in Neo Lorien for so long, he realized that all the people there are just people, and this fight is nothing, and that eventually something's going to happen and things are going to, it's going to like kill everybody on the station to have a conflict. So now Oliver is working to try to like trick people into working together because they have a common enemy, which in this case is potential. You, you wrote a very good spy thriller. Like you, you, you wrote, you did a I very like, good job. I, I was, I was happy with it. I'm, I'm happy with it. And a lot of this was a joke Skype message that I sent to a uh, a friend. <laughs> and then I was like, that's my world. I got it. It's fine. I'll cut it. Um, but yeah, no, that's I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with this. I like this episode. It was a lot more story than normal, but I, I'm happy with this episode. No, but it was good. I'm it was good. No, it was good. Words. I really liked it. I truly did. I'm not going to call any cards on this because I truly liked your episode. I think no. you did a good job. And I actually like the world I set up of like these two like spy versus spy cities yeah. that are floating out in space so they like can't go to war. It's like mutually assured destruction on a much smaller scale. Okay. Also, good. I like the idea of it being like space Paris and space London, you know? Good. We don't have to do an hour and a half episode. Look, I'm, so, I'm actually episode. I'm like geeky about this world. This is yeah, like you're, one you're of my patting favorites. yourself on the back, like praise me, Jordan. Praise me. It's like, yeah, dude, you did good. But then I like this. And it's like you did good. But I'm then this, excited but, about it. I like this world. Yeah, no, this is. You feel how I felt when I wrote my um Disney World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I was like, yes, I love in my Magic World. It was, I have a couple that I really love. But anyways, it's time for me to roll finally again, which has been like a month, and I'm really missing it. Wow. Um, oh, crap. <laughs> we literally just talked about this one, too. World that is not spherical slash world shaped like a pyramid. World shaped like a pyramid was the original prompt, but I said not I like spherical. world shaped like a okay, pyramid. Okay, so, okay, let's make some world shaped like a pyramid. I have no idea what I'm going to do, but that sometimes is a fun challenge. I just have to stare cool. at, like, drying paint until inspiration strikes me, and I, like have something See, but now my mind is just so on romance it's gonna take me a couple of seconds to actually think of a pyramid world well, it's very I funny that we just put this on the list and i already rolled it <laughs> i i think the reason why doing a romance world is a good idea is because it's something that is like frequently not discussed or talked about and so i'm like i like that it kind of pushes us in a way that we don't frequently write but adds like richness to a world when it's included you know what i mean like, yeah. worlds feel a lot more alive when people aren't creepy robots that are just like, I go to work and then kill people, you know? <laughs> Which is kind of how all of our worlds thus far have read. <laughs> don't, don't just straight say that. I'm just saying, it's like when you start thinking about books and you're like, how much time do I spend reading about people getting killed? And it's like, eesh, a lot. Anyways, sorry. No, I'm fine with that i was just doing maintenance on the um old spreadsheet all right well jordan 
I'm happy. I'm happy with our role. I'm, I'm happy. I'm not happy with our role. No. I am. Oh, not, man. I'm totally A world pumped. shaped like a pyramid's going to be so hard. Jordan, that was a viewer suggested yeah. world. We can't be hating on it. I'm not hating on it. I'm just saying it's a, hard, it's a hard idea. It's a good idea, but it's hard. Hey, viewer out there or listener out there. Mr. Ginger Ninja, specifically. Yes. Thank you. This is a challenging world, and I'm excited. I have. I already have my idea. By the way, it's not good, but I have my idea. Oh my god, it just got better. It's a good idea now. <laughs> Crap! But it is like all my other. <laughs> just you're watching the thought process happening. It's like I built it. Oh no, no. It, 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 it. And this is how your worlds end up freaking long. Oh crap! It is. <laughs> Anyways, Cody, where can we find you? Check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network. We're on YouTube and we're on podcasts. Awesome. Um, you can check me out at something, I guess, zero zero at twitch.tv, where I stream sometimes. Um, also, you can find all of our stuff online, like anywhere you find podcasts, including Spotify, Stitcher, um, Google Podcasts. They're not Google Play anymore. Oh, Google Music anymore. Um, iTunes, if I didn't already say that. But yeah, check us out. Um, please, if you can, rate and subscribe on any of the things. We'll find it. Also, follow us on Podbean because that's where you will find all the episode stuff. Anyhow, um, thank you for listening. This has been a fun episode, even though I'm extremely bad at doing romance. No, but, it was good. I liked your yeah. world. It was really um, good. We shall catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.